This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Sometimes, being at the right place at the right time, albeit with a lot of hard work and determination, can lead to great things. Given the right talent, a person can be the driving force to reinvigorate a brand. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I am a music producer and have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself to be an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. In this episode, I'm in British Columbia. Traveling north on the Sea to Sky Highway, you arrive at the world-renowned alpine destination Whistler. Originally established in 1989, this brewery has been through several cycles in its lifetime. Now well-established back in its hometown, I'm at Whistler Brewing Company with its brewmaster. Matt Dean. I've been at Whistler for a decade. It's been 10 years. All right. Yeah, wow, time has flown. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the accent, originally from? Australia, yeah. All right, yeah, where, yeah. whereabouts in Australia? Melbourne, Australia, originally, I, yeah. I've been in Canada for 15 years, coming on 16, so. M- Melbourne is my favorite place. Oh, beautiful, right answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, uh, just the alley culture of just winding oh, yeah. down. Yeah, it's very European in its, uh, yeah. in its layout in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So uh, what brought you to Whistler Brewing Company? Uh, honestly, I was just going to university at Thompson Rivers uh, up in Kamloops. And our uh, main facility is literally right next door. So I started at my uh, business uh, administration uh, degree in marketing and sales. And I liked beer. I was already bartending for a job and went up to the brewery and got a job cleaning tanks and washing the floors. And that's where it started. And did you have any homebrew experience? None whatsoever. Just drinking. Just drinking. (laughs) Just drinking. No brewing whatsoever. I literally knew nothing about fermentation, brewing, anything. How did the first batch go? Uh, you know, I can't even remember the first batch I brewed, but I know it was 12,000 liters. It was huge. Uh, it was probably fine. I remember being taught by, um, Jody Hamill, who's the brewmaster for Big Rock. Mm -hmm. He originally taught me how to brew on our system. And, uh, even then, you know, he taught me how to brew, but I don't think uh, I can recall even really understanding what I was doing. I was just really good at following instructions and I'm, I'm good at, uh, good at equipment working with my hands. So, uh, I made good beer, but I didn't know why. And it right. was when I started doing more and looking into it more and then realized, wow, I'm good at this. I like this. And then the passion uh, div- came from there. Well, judging by the size of your first batch, yeah. it wasn't, that was an automated system, right? That, uh, that, not really. We, no. uh, we have a lot of hands-on in our brewing. So mm-hmm. we have to mill uh, all of our specialty malts by hand, 25 kilo bags at a time. Right. Base malt, uh, two row. That just loads in from a hopper. So that's pretty easy. Scale, just make sure you get the right amount. Um, load in the mash water by 
by hand, have to go turn on everything to load the grain in by hand, manually transfer from the mash tun to the louder tun, all of the ba- bells and whistles and the valves and uh, stuff, moving it over to the kettle, bo- turning on the, the boiler, turning on the steam. Yeah, it was definitely a lot more uh, hands-on than a big brewery would be nowadays. So it's an older system mm-hmm. from the 70s and 80s and we've upgraded it, but uh, it's still very hands-on, so it is very craft. Right. Yeah. So how long has Whistler Brewing Company been in existence then? So it started in 1989, uh, completely different ownership uh, back then. Uh, It was opened up just down the road from where we are right now. Uh, That facility was a full production brewery. Uh, The size of that building is unparalleled in in function right now. Uh, We tried to get back into that building under new ownership um, in 2008, but uh, the tenants in there didn't want to leave, so... Luckily for us, the uh, Olympics were coming mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the uh, municipality decided that they were going to go green with the hydrogen buses, new depot down the other end of town. And uh, we are sitting right now in the old bus depot for uh, the municipality buses. All right. So we built in all the office space that we're sitting in right now, the tap house, and then uh, it worked out beautifully. The big bay doors just moved all the equipment in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that plug and play, but it was pretty close to. Right. Yeah, that was in 2009. So uh, 89 to 2001. Changed hands, different ownership, completely defunct by 2003. Big Rock purchased it, shut it down. Mm-hmm. And then it was a dead brand until two, late 2005 when the new three local British Columbians purchased the brewery and started it uh, back up, albeit out of Kamloops. So this is version three, right? I, you know, it could be like version four. Right. I think there was a couple small change transactions in the 90s that it changed hands to. But uh, yeah, I'd say three for, for making sure, but it could be four. All right. Yeah, but uh, so hopefully not going to change again. So how long did it take to kind of gain a hold uh, for the brand again once once this version kicked off? It, uh, it honestly took getting back in Whistler. So we uh, brewed our first batch of beer in October of 2005. Uh, and immediately we had the Whistler brand, so we were up here selling our beer, and people were like, well, where's the brewery? We'll support you, but we'll give you more support if you had a brewery here. So we knew we had to get back into Whistler, you know, albeit we didn't have space available, uh, money as well, new company, putting everything we have into the current brewery we had had at the time. So it took a little bit of time. Uh, you know, It was four years later, really, that we got back in here, and about eight months of... Uh, setting up the brewery to get it to where it is now. We've just continually added pieces since then. But it was, uh, yeah, uh, January of 2010 is when we started selling beer out of the tap house and right in time for the Olympics uh, in February. Did you run out of beer at all during the Olympics? Uh, We did. Yeah, (laughs) we did. Yeah, we only had four fermenting tanks, 4,000 liter tanks. Only had four of those. Uh, We now have 10. Right. So, so, yeah. so what's the total size now? Of your uh, we're about, we do on average about 3000 hectoliters a year packaged, produced, sold out of this facility as a company. We have some other brands in there, but as a company, we're at around 60,000 hectoliters a year. Yeah. So we're one of the larger ones in British Columbia and everything's done here with Whistler, right? There's no contract brewing. With anybody uh, well, else, sort or? of within our own company there is. Yes. Yeah. So we, uh, we do all the 650 mil program here, all of the test recipes, any tweaking of current recipes. Um, I do all the brand innovation in terms of the Whistler product here. Um, cans we do here. We do some help with Bowen Island. You can see the cans actually sitting right over there. Uh, Bowen Island is part of our company. So we do help out with the tall boy cans because we have the, of the line for that. Whereas in Kamloops, they do the 355 mil cans. So they also do the 330 mil six packs. So once we've created a recipe here and it's done well, it goes to Kamloops and they do it into mass production. They can do, as I said, 12,000 liter brews where we do 2,000 liter brews. So they basically look after uh, 100% of the the six pack uh, business 
uh, help us out with kegs, and then we do all the Sea to Sky Corridor exclusively, and then any new seasonal brand, brands as well. So yeah. a keg that uh, is on tap down in Vancouver more than likely came from here rather than Kamloops? Absolutely, yeah. If we're, if we're like summertime, they do help us out a lot because we just don't have the capacity to keep up with demand here. Wintertime, we're doing a lot more of the brewing uh, of the kegs, but uh, they, they definitely help us out. We're you know we're the same company, it's just two locations. Right. Yeah. So uh, where are we standing at the moment, Matt? Uh, we're standing right in front of our brew house. In the brewery. These are two gigantic copper pots here. Yes, they're just uh, to drive us insane, keeping them polished. (laughs) (laughs) They're uh, they're actually just clad in copper for a show. Uh, When we first opened up at Olympics, we wanted a nice pretty brew house, but uh, it's a great brew house. It's all stainless steel on the inside, uh, steam jacketed so we can control the temperatures in each vessel. So it looks like there's only two, but there's three. The mash and louder ton up the very top of the left vessel, and below is our hot liquor tank, just the glorified hot water storage. That's for sparging and loudering. And then over on the right-hand side is our kettle. So that's where we do the boiling, hop additions, any other flavors, et cetera. All right. Yeah. And then uh, to, the, to the left of that, yes. um, how, many, how many tanks are we looking at? We have 10 40 uh, hectoliter fermenting tanks and three 40 hectoliter bright beer tanks. So uh, we turn those over about every four to five weeks on our ales, lagers, six to eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you done a brew any faster than that, or can you? Uh, you can. We've had we've had some brews where we've had to get out a little early. Uh, I don't like to let beers go too soon. I'm the one that lets them go if they are ready to be gone, as in the sense of packaging. Uh, but that just is a taste. Our IPAs, I find, our uh, Lost Lake IPA, I can it can get away with only a couple of weeks of aging if we have to have to have to get it out. Uh, just because there's so many flavors going on there, you're not going to notice the off flavors. Lagers, I push back on. Sometimes they try and get me to filter and, and package a lager too soon, and I'll tell them no. Right. Yeah. Well, this this guy's bubbling away uh, yeah. quite good. What's in this tank? At so the this moment? is actually a new recipe. It's a, it's a smash, a single malt and a, hot, a single hop. We can't call it a smash. I think somebody called it the name, but that's the style. So it's a, a Canadian superior uh, pale ale malt uh, only, and then uh, Chinook hops only. All right. Uh, yeah. when, when, when will we uh, see that in the wild? Well, we just, it's just fermenting now. It's uh, about a day old, so we'll see this one in about eight weeks right. in, in, in bottles in, uh, in the trade. Yeah. That smells delicious, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I'm pretty happy with this one. It uh, was uh, one that I was like, I wanted to just do a single single, and uh, I literally threw the recipe, and actually the, my assistant, I got him to mill the grain. He milled too much. Oh. So on the fly, I had to change the recipe, and it worked. It just was one of those happy accidents. Right. Yeah. Now, a beer that I just had for the first time recently yeah. was your chestnut. Okay. Yes. Deli- and delicious. Uh, yes, that was quite tasty. What, what is the process of that, and how, how many years has that been? Uh, uh, I believe on the, the chestnut's in its third or fourth year. Uh, that was Joe Gertz. So I'm the brewmaster of Whistler Brewing Company. Joe is the ex-brewmaster of Granville Island. So we got him when Molson purchased Granville Island. He jumped ship and we moved him to our Kamloops location. So he's the executive brewer. He came up with that recipe. So from what I got from Joe, it's, uh, it's a style that he drank back home. So it's, a, uh, it's sort of his adaptation of it. It's a brown ale, North American brown ale with chestnut meal in the uh, mash. That adds to a bit of the nuttiness. Uh, and then he uses uh, some... Uh, chocolate malts and uh, black pattern malt to get the color in there, some caramel malts for that sweetness. And then afterwards, we use a uh, natural chestnut extract, extract after filtration, which adds that last punch of chestnut flavor. Right. What's, yeah. your, what's your favorite brew you've done recently? Uh, my favorite brew recently is the uh, uh, unique brew series in the Growlers, uh, Snow White, Snow dot 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 white IPA. So it's not called Snow White IPA, Snow 
white IPA. Right. Yeah. So it's a Belgian style wit uh, that I hopped up to around 55 IBUs. Right. So it's, uh, I, I find it quite balanced. It's not quite as hoppy as some people would like for an IPA, but if I made it too hoppy, you wouldn't have, you would have lost all of those uh, subtle uh, Belgian wit characteristics. Yeah. And I prefer yeah. a more multi IPA now instead of just yeah, going you know, it goes bomb. through swings. Yeah, the hot yeah, bombs yeah. of the you know 08, 09, 2010, yeah, yeah. and now we're sort of getting into more sessionable IPAs. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On a regular day, are you brewing every day or uh, you... almost every day? Yeah, we go in uh, ebbs and flows because of the seasonality of uh, what we do in this production uh, facility. We do uh, a couple months where we're not doing really many seasonals, so we're brewing almost every other day. Uh, but then when we get into points in the year when we're getting ready for spring, summer, uh, autumn and winter, we literally will almost empty the entire brewery of maybe two or three tanks left just so we have yeast. Right. Uh, but we'll, yeah, we'll go through maybe two weeks of hard brewing and then that will catch up to us in about six to eight weeks. And when we go through two weeks of hard packaging and then that cycle repeats and it gets a little easier in between, but that's sort of how we go. We go peaks and valleys, but we're always doing something. Is there uh, anything uh, in the pipeline that you're really looking forward to this year uh, um, on the brewery schedule? Oh, we're doing a, uh, a full rebrand, like a, re a product refresh just of the packaging materials. That's coming up in about a month. So we've uh, we've got to see what it looks like. It looks great. I think it's going to be a very nice addition change to the brewery. Uh, the tap house is getting renovated to reflect those changes as well. So it's uh, the way you see it downstairs right now is uh, not going to be long for this world. So it'll look a lot fresher. It's uh, about five years old now, so it needs, it needs a change. Um, uh, looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to, I uh, just got a little test brew house, one hectoliter test brew house. Did my first batch of uh, a test on that last uh, last night so that's probably my 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 most uh exciting thing this year for me just doing more and more specialty brews out of that small system which will then get approved and be upscaled to the big tanks right yeah uh do you homebrew at all at the end of the day never never i've homebrewed once with a friend of mine and that's it and <laughs> right. i guess yesterday kind of homebrewed on my new test system because it's only a hectolitre. it's quite a small it is actually sold to uh re to residential people for com for doing homebrews at home right but we we customized ours with the supplier a little bit to make it a little more commercial uh, for us right yeah but uh yeah no i never brewed home home beer right Right. Friends had my uh, grandfather used to brew homebrew all mm -hmm. the time, um, but it's I, but it, but it's work, right? You don't want to go home and do work, right? You know, I would brew at home, but my wife tells me because I have a brewery, I'm not allowed to have fun. At home. <laughs> so, you know, that's fine. Yeah, uh, the last thing I want to do on the weekends is brew beer. I like to drink other people's beer, see where the trend's going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I drink a lot of our beer, but I love to drink other people's beer. Just gives me inspiration. I blend. I've had a couple of recipes I've drank from other breweries and I've liked one aspect of the two and made my own version thereof. What is your favorite beer to pair with your favorite food? Ooh, that's a good one. <sighs> favorite beer to pair with a favorite food. I'm going to have to go with our Black Tusk. Right. That's our uh, English Dark Mild. It's the oldest recipe we have from 89. Um, that, that is my favorite drinking beer 24-7 of our, of our lineup. Uh, and to pair that... I, I like cooking with it as well as drinking with it. So I like anything that's uh, stewed. I use it in stews, roasts, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I like to pair it with uh, hearty red meat meals. Right. It also goes, my wife likes it more with like the black pudding, the desserts and stuff, which goes really well with it as well. But I like it with a good hearty meal. Right. Yeah. Craig, thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Matt Dean and the rest of the Whistler Brewing Company team to help me organize this visit. If you see Whistler Brewing on tap, my personal favorites are the Bear Paw Honey Lager, and the Big Sky Uncommon Lager. A few housekeeping notes before I finish. Thank you so much to everybody who sent me their feedback on the first episode. Really excited to get those comments from you. 
And if you want to find out more information about this podcast series, head to cascadian.beer. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode and future episodes as well. If you want to support this podcast series, you can head to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. And also follow us on Facebook at Cascadian Beer and on Twitter at Cascadian Beer. Until next time, remember, support your local.